0: Hey everybody, this is Clint Payne. Welcome to my fourth podcast. I'm sorry I missed last week. Busy last week, just getting life in order, school starting back, um, getting my son ready to go, getting my wife ready to go back and teach at at, at the university, and getting myself prepared and ready um, to make all those changes happen. So we're back at it this week. I'm sorry I missed uh, the the third week there, but here we are back. If you would, please go back and listen to the first podcast. It is about my story. It gives you some ideas and some history about who I am, uh, what's happened to me over the course of my life, the experiences that have shaped my life, the education that has shaped my life. The second one is about anxiety and worry and gives you some practical skills and tools about how to overcome your anxiety and your worry. And the third one is the importance of self-esteem and value and worth and why it's so important that we value ourselves, that we Take care of ourselves, that we put ourselves first. And this spiritual and psychological principle will change your life if you can practice it. Today, we're going to be talking about, in the spiritual world, what we call consciousness or awareness. In the psychological world, what we talk about is responsibility um, or cognitive behavioral techniques or cognitive behavioral therapy. So this is the goal of this podcast, is to bring together the psychological and the spiritual, the integration of them both. I believe those both those worlds go very well together. They go hand in hand. And I believe that God's truth, all truth, is God's truth, no matter where you find it. So we'll be talking about several different spiritual traditions. We'll be talking about psycholo- psychology and counseling and how that works, so that you can better able Be better able to live your life, to move your life forward. That's the goal of this podcast, so that you can get some skills and tools and some practical teaching about how to make your life better. So today, as we move forward, we're going to be talking about responsibility, how to actually take responsibility for your life, how to live in a conscious and aware state, and just really be able to move your life forward with this one simple, easy principle. Now, what we're talking about when we talk about consciousness. You know, for me, what that means is I live my life aware. I live my life life awake. I live my life taking responsibility for myself. You see, where I come up with this is that I have a lot of people enter my counseling office. They come in initially. Now, I do this too, so I'm not saying that everybody does this but me because I definitely do this and you definitely do this. And that thing is people come into my office and they tell me something like, if that would have happened differently, if my wife, if my spouse would have filled in the blank, if work would have, if today would have went better, if my boss would have, if I could just have enough money, if that situation would have worked out differently, if that wouldn't have happened to me, I wouldn't have to feel this way. I wouldn't have done those things. I wouldn't have made that remark. I wouldn't have hurt that person. It's because of something outside of me. This is why this is happening to me. And sad to say that many, many of us including me, at times in my life, live our lives unconscious. We have feelings. We have thoughts. And what we do is instead of being introspective and looking at ourselves, we have a tendency to look outside of ourselves and say, if that person out there, if that situation out there, if this thing would have just happened differently, if that would have happened in a way I would have liked, I wouldn't have to be feeling this way. Things would have been better. I would be blessed. I would be happy. I would be excited. It's just because circumstances didn't happen like I wanted. And the reality about this is that most people live their lives this way. And in the spiritual world, we call it living very unconscious. Because what we refuse to do most times is we refuse to look at ourselves. Carl Jung called it our shadows, our dark side, our dark places, our dark energy is what science calls it. We don't want to look at those things. We don't want to be sad. We don't want to cry. We don't want to be angry. We don't want to have conflict. You know, there are many times I don't want to sit in my therapist's office and have tears streaming down my face, but I do. And he looks at me and he has to say to me, what's that feeling? And a lot of times I don't know what that feeling is. I could say sadness because tears are streaming down my eyes, but it's not always sadness. I could say angry because a lot of us, when we get angry, we cry and we get that upset and frustrated. But sometimes it's not anger. Sometimes it's been disappointment or rejection or injustice. Sometimes it's been sadness or anger and frustration. Sometimes it's been hurt. It's been a lot of those things. But unless you're willing to go and look at that shadow side of yourself, Carl Jung called it, you'll live very unconscious and very unaware about the decisions you're making. You see, because the feelings we have, they give you information. And as long as you try to put off your feelings onto somebody or something else and live your life unaware, you will not be able to make good choices for yourself and your life. Now, in psychology, what we tend to do is look at this, and we call it cognitive behavioral techniques. We tend to look at life and say, hey, there are events if you think about this in your head for a second, think about a column, and the column is A. And A column is events. And events are things like um, my wife yelled at me, my boss got upset, I had a flat tire, um, I broke up with my boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm getting a divorce, um, my kids didn't follow directions, it was a bad day at work. Those are all the events that happened to us. Now, most people's. There's a column B, but we skip that column, and we go straight to column C. So if you think of a column C, and what we know is that we have a feeling. We get mad, angry, sad, hurt, rejected, frustrated, happy, sad, excited. Name them all off. And what I tell people is feelings, feelings always lead to actions. If I'm angry, I yell. Maybe I withdraw. If I'm sad and hurt, I hurt back. Or maybe I hurt myself. But feelings always have actions. And that's column D. So now we've got column A, which are events that you have that happen. And you've got column C, which are feelings that you have as a result of those events. least what we tell ourselves. And you have column D, which is the actions we take, the results of our feelings. And we're missing column B. See, because what most people do is an event happens, like I've been saying. So an event happens and we tell ourselves, oh, if that wouldn't happen that way, I wouldn't have to be angry. And that's a real out of control, unresponsible, unconscious way to live life because we're missing a whole part of ourselves. In column B, what we're missing is what are we thinking? What are we believing about those events right there that lead to those feelings there in column C? You see, for instance, the phrase, the one I use as an example to my clients, and this does not happen, so I know my wife doesn't like me giving this example, but if I came home, it's a real-life example. Most of us do encounter this in our relationships somehow. If I came home and my wife was upset and angry, and she's been tired, worn out, and she just finished teaching, and my son's driving her crazy, and the dogs are driving her crazy, and everything's busy, and she just looks at me and says, Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you were late today. Why were you so late today? Can you hurry up, and can you help me? And I can't believe, and she starts being upset with me. That's column A. In column B, if I start thinking, oh, my gosh, this always happens to me. She never thanks me for anything. She is always upset with me. She is never ups, never, never. Nothing I do is ever good enough. Man, she is just being a jerk. All these what we call automatic distortions and automatic thoughts start popping into my head. How am I going to feel? Yeah, Most of my clients say, oh, you're, you're going to be pretty angry. Right. And then I ask my clients, and what am I going to do when I'm angry? Most people answer with, well, you're going to yell back. You're going to leave. You're going to get upset yourself. You're not going to help her, right? So in cognitive behavior, we say, well, we can't really control the events because we don't. We don't control most of the events of our lives. 99.9% of the events that happen in life, we have absolutely no control over. What we can control is what does that mean to us is what I call it. When that event happens, what am I telling myself that means to me? Does it mean always and never and nobody cares and I'm an awful person and this is terrible? Or, if I change that thought to, wait a minute, this happens once in a while, once every eight to ten weeks, it happens, hey, I know what she's going on, this doesn't happen all the time, she thanks me for plenty of things, she's always thankful and, and, and happy, and today's just a different day, and this doesn't, you know, and I can think all these things, it has nothing to do with me being a good dad, or a good parent, or a good husband, she's just tired. What do I feel then? Most of my clients say, oh, you're much calmer. Right, what do I do then? Oh, you probably help her, you probably ask her what you can do to help, right, so we have to have to sometimes think about how we feel and be in touch with how we feel because we have to know how and why we're making decisions. It is a part of us. So many times, like I've said, I've sat in my therapist's office and cried and been upset and he's looked at me and said, what is that feeling? And I've sat in silence for three, four, five minutes thinking of how I felt sitting there just feeling my feelings because when I know what they are and then I know how I'm thinking, I make better decisions. Not perfect ones all the time, just better ones. Cause then I can tell myself, yeah, I never want to be here again. And how do I not how do I not get here again? It's not changing the events or the circumstances of my life, it's changing my thoughts about them and then changing my decisions about how I'm going to operate differently so I don't have to end up feeling this way again. Or when I do end up feeling this way again, how am I going to take care of myself? and i have to we have to sometimes go to those shadow places you know i said in my first podcast rob bell called it your dark energy you know in the reality unless you live consciously understand your dark energy unless you live as god has called you into you have a, there's a reason why you have those things happen there's a reason why that stuff's going on cuz without dark there you don't know light without sadness you don't know happiness Without frustration, you don't know hope. Without hurt, you don't know healing and joy. So I know we all want to avoid these things, but we cannot. And we need to stop and look at ourselves. So that's how psychology handles it. Psychology handles it and says, hey, stop when you start to feel angry, negative, frustrated, upset, sad, pissed off, whatever those feelings are, and says, hey, turn and look at yourself. What are you thinking about those things? Because whatever it means to you, is how you're going to feel. So real quickly, I'll give you a quick example. If I'm at the mall, picture you being at the mall, whatever mall you may be close to, and I take you on a field trip and we stand outside the doors of the mall and we watch people walk in and out of the mall, the main entrance. And we watch for a little bit and we see this man, he's standing over there on the other side of the walkway with us, but He runs over to the door, opens the door for a lady whose hands are full of bags and stuff, and she's trying to open the door and she can't. And he runs over, opens the door for her, and she looks at him and says, Don't open that door for me, you male chauvinist pig! I can do this myself! Which you all kind of, wow, that was really harsh and bad, and why'd she do that? And the man just shrugged his shoulders and lets her go and goes back and stands where he was. Another lady comes about five minutes later, bags all in her arms, can't get the door open. He opens the door and says, And she says this time, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing that for me. I didn't know people could do that still. I really appreciate that. Now, what I ask people is, what's the difference? The event is exactly the same. It's the same man opening the same door, doing the exact same behavior. Why are people walking away with different feelings? Now, the only obvious answer to that question is because of how they're thinking. One of them is thinking, oh, somebody's taking my power. Somebody's doing something for me they shouldn't do. People always have to help me. I should never let anybody help me and they walk away mad and frustrated the other person has different thoughts they start thinking oh well I'm glad somebody can help me man I'm glad this time I had help hey it's alright if people help me hey who knows hey I'm thankful and they walk away thankful and happy so you get to think of that those events happen why do people walk, some people walk away happy and okay and smile and some people are frustrated and angry it's all because of how you interpret those events what you're thinking now in the spiritual world We have a great example of this. Uh, One of my favorite favorite passages of the Bible is Matthew chapter 15. Now, Matthew chapter 15, Jesus is talking. Well, actually, what's happening is, you know, the the Pharisees are getting on to Jesus and his disciples. So I'm just going to read a lot of the passage so you just kind of get to hear it. It's in the message version. So the message version of Matthew 15 says this. After this, the Pharisees and religious scholars came to Jesus all the way from Jerusalem criticizing Why do your disciples play fast and loose with the rules? See, what the disciples done, I think they were eating out of the field with their hands. They hadn't washed their hands. They hadn't um, followed the religious rules about what you're supposed to do before you eat. But Jesus put it right back to them, and he said to them, Why do you play fast and loose with the rules, with God's commands? God clearly says, respect your father and mother. And anyone denouncing your father and mother should be killed. But you weasel around that by saying, whoever wants to, can say to his father and mother, what I owed you I've given to God. Now Jesus said, this can hardly be called respecting your parent. So you cancel out God's command by your own rules. You are frauds. This is why Isaiah said of you, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. They just cover, use me as a cover for their, for teaching whatever suits their fancy. He called to the crowd and said to them, listen, listen, and take this to heart. It is not what you swallow that pollutes your life, but it is what you vomit up. Later, his disciples came to Jesus and told him, Do you know how upset the Pharisees were when, you heard, when they heard what you had to- said about them? Jesus shrugged it off. Every tree that wasn't planted by my Father in heaven will be pulled up by its root. Forget them. They are blind men leading blind men. And when a blind man leads a blind man, they both end up in the ditch. Peter said, I don't get it. Put it in plain language. And Jesus replied, You too? Are you being willfully stupid? It's my favorite verse of the Bible here. Don't you know that anything that is swallowed works its way through your intestines and is finally defecated? But what comes out of your mouth gets its start in your heart. It comes from the heart that we vomit up evil arguments, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, lies, and cussing. That's what pollutes you. Eating or not eating certain foods, washing or not washing your hands, that's neither here nor there. So here's Jesus in a very spiritual way saying, hey, I know what y'all like to do. You like to say what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast. Hey, my anger comes out of me. My frustration comes out of me. My stress comes out of me because life isn't working the way I want it to. That got in me. Somebody made me angry. They made me upset. They got me angry. That happened to me. And Jesus is saying, no, no, that's not how that works. He's saying whatever comes out of you was already there. So in my talk sometimes when I give workshops, I have an orange and I have an orange out and I say, if I touch, cut the top of this orange off and I squeeze it onto this table here, what comes out? Orange juice. Of course, everybody says orange juice. Stupid Clint. It's an orange, right? Nothing's going to come out of an orange but orange juice, right? So there's no way for me to take a syringe or a needle and squeeze it full of grape juice or carrot juice or tomato juice. No, because even if I did that, guess when I squeeze it? What comes out? Orange juice. The same thing with us. When life squeezes you, when events and circumstances happen to you that you don't like and life squeezes you and stress happens, what comes out? Because if it's anger and frustration and sadness and all those kind of things, it was already there. So psychology says, look at yourself. What do those events mean to you? What were you thinking beforehand? Is it always, is it never? Do you have low self-esteem? Do you value yourself? Do you sell yourself you're not worth it? Because whatever comes out of you was already there. Change those thoughts. Look at yourself. Look at that dark side. Look at that shadow and be able to change it. You know, Buddhism says the same thing. That's why meditation is so important for consciousness. Buddhism says, hey, if you're angry, you're upset, you're frustrated, it's not because of anything outside of you. Stop, be still, look at yourself, see the root of your anger. Where is it coming from? I once saw a uh, Buddhist Tibetan monk speak last year at West Georgia. He said this was his first lesson. He didn't know what to meditate on and he'd, he'd entered the um, monastery as a monk and his teacher told him what's your biggest feeling problem feeling he said anger anger is my biggest problem and he said good go sit and think about your anger he said this monk said this is what i had to do i went and had to think about my anger and where it came from and what i soon realized was it was nothing outside of me that made my anger come it was everything within in me how i was thinking what i was believing about the world around me what i did when these feelings came up out of my life jesus is saying the same thing stop think stop notice how you feel psychology says the same thing stop think notice how you feel where is that coming from live consciously stop blaming everyone and everything else live consciously Now, does this mean you never feel bad or awful? No. You're going to feel bad and awful. There are things beyond our control that we cannot control, we'll never be able to control, and we will feel bad. That's why Jesus said, hey, in this life you'll have trouble. That's why Buddhism says, hey, you must accept what's going to happen because everybody has to face hardship. We have to accept these things. Do we have choices about what they mean to us, though? And can we make different choices about how we feel and different choices how we act in this life? Almost oh, definitely. So take this lesson today. Create a little chart, A, B, C, D, a little column. And every day, when you feel upset and mad and frustrated, spend your day at the end of the day journaling, writing down, what are the events that made me upset and frustrated, sad, mad, hurt, upset? What was I thinking when that event went on? Begin to notice your automatic thoughts. Begin to meditate on those things. The more you meditate and write them down, I guarantee you, you will have more awareness and consciousness in your daily life. I call this practice. So outside of the game of life, in your quiet time, in your meditation time, before you go to bed, when you get up in the morning, what are those events? List them out that get you, got you mad, sad, hurt, angry, frustrated. What were you thinking What's a different way to think about those events that isn't always or never or I'm an awful person that will lead you different feelings that will take you to different actions? If you practice those things outside the game of life, when the game of life is going on and you have to make a split second decision about what's happening right there and right there when a conflict's going on at work or with your relationships or when something bad happens to you. You will make better decisions. You'll be more conscious of what's coming out of you. Matter of fact, you'll change what's coming out of you, and that those anger and frustrations and will come out of you less and less. They'll still come out, but less and less because you're living life more aware. More conscious. Hope this has helped you today. Please pass it around. Let people hear it. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter. Hey, don't forget you can go to Amazon.com, look up my name, Clint Payne. I've got a devotional book out there that has a lot of these principles in it. It's got 365 days worth of devotionals. Topic driven, daily driven. You can find those. You can also find my websites, ClintPayne.net, and you can see me there. And I'd love to hear your feedback. Hear some things you, you want to hear. Give me some comments under when you when you see this on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you may see it. And you can also find it on iTunes. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. You all have a great, great week. And namaste.